Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Soul Things Podcast. I'm your host, Brenna, and I'm so excited to be talking about the hard spaces with you and navigating your 20s and 30s. Um, and today I have another author on my show, Jessica Hoddle, who just released another book. She has about three books total, so I'm so excited. I just finished reading her book, but she is a fitness coach. She is an author. She is a speaker. Uh, she's a podcast host. What doesn't she do? She does everything, and it's awesome. Um, and so the book that we're going to be kind of talking about today, I'm super excited to be sharing about. It's called Face Off With Your Feelings. And then the subtitle is Break Up With the Lies of Your Past and Embrace the Truth of Your Future. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jessica. I am so excited to be here. I love the name of your podcast, and I love going to hard spaces. Like, let's do it. I mean, you know in reading the book that I love going and asking the hard questions. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, So let's kind of start off with um, kind of the why behind your book. I know... um, in this book, you kind of share a little bit about your story and kind of the the trauma that you've dealt with and like your childhood and how that's kind of like impacted you and the lessons you've been kind of learning into adolescence and into young adulthood. So um, kind of what role did that sort of play in you deciding to write this book? Um, And then you can sort of get into like what this book is all about. Yeah. Well, I think the end really was what I wanted people to know was that you don't have to live in your pain. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we kind of normalize just living in our feelings and living in our pain and living in our anxiousness and worry. And we want to rally around those that are also worrying so we don't feel so alone. And then we kind of get stuck sometimes in those patterns. And for me, I say that to say I was somebody that harbored anger that really was, anger was a front for all the pain I was feeling inside. And I was somebody that wanted to control every situation. And con- and I was a reactor to all of my feelings. When somebody said something, I would equate that to meaning who I was and what I was about. And I was up if people were nice to me and I was down if people weren't. And I just was on this emotional roller coaster and I was reacting the way that I was reacting why was I so angry all the time or why was I upset all the time or why did I not feel good enough and that really stemmed for most of my life just living in this survival mode of Mm. Jess if you don't take care of yourself nobody will Mm. that was a belief that I carried you know I share in the book about the three promises that I made to myself at 16 and how I carried that throughout pretty much my entire adulthood, even into sometimes it still likes to come for me, you know, growing up in a home where I saw physical and emotional abuse and Mm. then dated men that were also like that. It kind of just kept me in this. I have to continue to survive. And really the theme of the book is really, I don't want women to think they just have to survive or live off their feelings or that their feelings are not valid as well. Yeah. yeah, that's so powerful. And I love this idea of breaking like those those generational cycles, right? Of like what you were raised in and like trying to become something different and allowing the Lord to shape you in that. And I can relate to that too in like my own story. So I'm just like, I just felt like I could connect with you even just reading bits and pieces of your story and like 
um, the resolve to and and the growth and the healing that comes from making um, allowing the Lord to heal you. And we can kind of get into more of that conversation. So, you know, a lot of the themes throughout this book, right, is like your your feelings and God's truth, your feelings and God's truth, and kind of how those like intermingling and how is healing involved in that. Um, so, kind of the first question I kind of want to talk about is like, why is it important to know your emotions, like you were just sharing, and understand how they work? Like, why do we even need to dive into that? I really love this topic because I noticed that so many of us use these words interchangeably, emotions, feelings, fear, mm-hmm. soul, body, mind, you know, all the things. And I always was confused. Like, what am I going to use spirit here? Should I use the word soul? Do mm-hmm. I use the word mind? Do I use, you know, and even with emotions and feelings, it was this idea that everything was so interchangeable. And I started noticing as I was coming out of healing, really these two trends that we tend to say, especially as believers, you know, one side says that, you know, feelings are bad. You shouldn't have these feelings. It's okay. You know, your bootstraps, you know, put on your Mm -hmm. big girl pants. Mm -hmm. God is good. It's okay. You know, this kind of always smushing down or this toxic positivity that doesn't allow somebody to process through. So, Therefore, we go into the cycle of thinking, I have feelings, therefore, I'm bad, and you go into shame, even though it's just a feeling that you're having. And then the other side says, we'll just feel all the feelings, and it's okay, but then we tend to leave people there. We don't really guide them through, lead them to truth, speak to their identity. We let them feel, and we give them space, but then we just kind of leave them there. And I really wanted to be somebody that bridged the gap to say, your feelings are not a sin, but your feelings can lead you to sin. Yes. And let's not just stay in our feelings and let's be able to understand how to manage them, how to process them and how to just move through them. Yeah, that's so powerful. I remember I was listening to this sermon and they were talking about this concept of spiritual bypassing. And a lot of times when we're going through like a traumatic thing or something like hard happen, especially, I know a lot of people can do this, but especially if you grew up in the church and you know a lot of scripture and you, you heard a lot of sermons and you have access to this amazing truth, you're kind of like, oh, well, the Bible says, don't be anxious. Oh, well, the Bible says, do not fear. Oh, well, the Bible says, so you kind of like put the scripture on it, but you're not like acknowledging your, like a feeling. uh, And then also like, how do you, navigate and balance letting that control you like you said and leading you to sin versus like this is what I'm feeling what do I do now so like how do you kind of like take those next steps to like is it surrendering it to God like what like kind of how do you get from this like space of honesty and dealing with your trauma to like you know deep healing and and surrendering it to the Lord like what does that look like yeah well I think the first thing we have to look at is the fruit in our lives and our fruit of our conversations, the fruit of, you know, our reactions. Because when we're living off of our feelings, we tend to react versus respond. Mm. And we want to control when we're in our feelings because we feel as though somebody's coming against our beliefs. So we feel in danger or triggered or, you know, somebody, you know, what we believe is being challenged mm. or not good. And that causes us to react, right? And so really thinking about control is going to bring a reaction. So let's look at the fruit. Yeah. Constantly angry, constantly offended. 
you know, these are the things that we can look at and go, oh, so I'm probably living in my feelings. Mm. And I talk a lot in the book about lie and truth and how to know if you're believing a lie or truth. And to simplify it is to say, well, one is going to bring life and one's going to bring death. So you know Mm. if you're believing a lie if you tend to have, like, if there's destruction, separation, um, there's no reconciliation of any kind. It's leading you further from the truth, meaning it's leading you further from people it's leading you to be isolated, right? And so these are mm. things like isolated, meaning you think you're alone. Yeah. Uh, truth will always bring restoration. It will always bring you into community. It will always bring unity. It will bring love. So we have to think about how am I responding and reacting and, and what are my thoughts that I'm believing? Because that's going to tell me the fruit of what I'm actually thinking. Is that a lie or a truth? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point to think about the fruit that's being produced. Yeah. I definitely, I'm like soaking in all your answers right now. Cause these are genuine questions that I'm like, I don't know how to answer these. So thank you for, for, um, for that. Um, another thing, um, I really liked about your book, a core principle or idea that I sort of understood was like the importance of having a right perception of who God is. And I know that you kind of talk about a little bit through your journey, and I can relate to this so deeply of like, God is this punisher, and he's like putting you through this to teach you a lesson. I remember getting to so many points of like, oh, like, okay, like, I just want to like know all the lessons so I don't have to go through any more pain anymore. And like, it would like that mentality was like making me continue to live in this cycle of like pain and this cycle of like distance from God and like all of these things. Um, so like, how are some ways that we can like actually um, know and believe a right perception of God and like, what is a right perception of God? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of layers to that. You know, our brains love reason. So when something happens, we want to come up with an answer about why it happened. And that makes us feel good. It makes us feel closed. Like that open loop of thought is closed now. For example, you know, my tire broke on the side of the road. So maybe the Lord wants to teach me a lesson of patience. Okay, boop. Okay, that's why. You know? So now we have a reason to what had happened in the the fact that the tire blew out. Mm -hmm. And we love that idea of, We want to close something. We want to close our frustration. We want to close our pain. So we look for anything to give us that. And that leads us to saying things that are not even doctrine. You know, when somebody loses somebody and it's painful, we say things like, well, God just wanted to take them early or, you know, that's God's plan or, you know, uh, heaven gained another angel. We say these things thinking they're comforting, but we just want to help close that pain when somebody just actually needs to embrace that, because we're actually mm. putting on a character of God that's not even who he is yeah. to somebody in their pain, which can hurt them in the long run about who God is. Yeah. Kind of a little tangent there on the side, but yeah. it's the reality, too, of how we continue to try to close these these pain loops. Yeah. And God is the only one that can control them. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me it's important, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier about how we want to take scripture and put it on, you know, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. I'm just going to go read that scripture about being anxious. Mm -hmm. And 
we, I talk about this in the book about kind of using scripture as a band-aid mm-hmm. and scripture is not meant to be a band-aid. And we often live with scripture from the outside in. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling something. What does scripture say about what I feel, which is good. Hear me out. However, it also has to be implanted into our heart. That's why I talk about from, it has to go from our head to our heart. Yeah. So if we believe what scripture says, that we don't have to be anxious, that will then control, and I don't want to say control, but manage mm-hmm. what's going on around us. Because then we're putting our trust in God and our faith in God and not in what's happening around us. So yeah. we tend to work from the outside in and God works from the inside out. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's so important. Because like if I'm, having this perception that God is this punisher and I'm not thinking of him as this loving healer, I'm not going to go to him with my pain. Like I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to have this like intimate, like trust. And I feel like the Lord's been bringing me to this beautiful space. I've been reading this other book called gentle and lowly talking about the heart of Christ for you. And it really sort of was like breaking down to like his emotions for you, his love for you. And like, almost just like really pressing into my heart, like you're saying, from my head to my heart of like, okay, I know all these scriptures. I know I have a relationship with God. Why do I feel so distant? Why am I living my life this way? Why do I feel like these cycles of pain and bad decisions, like all of these things? And it's like, um, my roommate sometimes would say like, what do you picture God's face, like his expression when he's looking at you? Is it like disappointment? Is it um, anger? Is it, you know, what is it? Or is it like, you know, God delighting in you, rejoicing in you? And like all of these things that I'm trying to really press in my heart so I can give him my honest emotions. I can give him my feeling, like all of these things so that he can heal them and he can make me whole. And that's such a process. Like it's such a long process, but, um, yeah, kind of what was your journey of like getting to like this space of like, well, I guess God's teaching me another lesson to like, oh my gosh, he loves me. And like, you like believing that and he wants to heal me. You know, I talk about in the book about how things happen for a reason, but not everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a reason things happen, but not everything happens for a reason. That's how I say it. Mm-hmm. Just understanding. And then that goes with the fact of understanding what it means between the fall in Adam and being new in Christ. What happened at the fall? Mm-hmm. We have to understand that when sin entered the world, sickness, destruction, disease, all of that entered the world. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly, separate from Satan. So now we get to live eternally with Christ, right? Because before we were separated from God, there was no one-on-one communication. He had to speak through his people. And so now Jesus is that now that barrier that we get to talk to God. And I had to understand God's nature and character is not evil mixed in with good. Mm. And that's what we do. When sickness comes, disease comes, we kind of lump him into all the bad things and all the good things. And when I started to recognize, like, there is sickness because of the fall, not because of God. There is sickness because, or disease, or destruction, or evil, not because God wanted it, because Adam and Eve made the choice from the beginning. And it really goes back to the beginning in Genesis and understanding how evil and destruction and sin entered the world because of sin. So for me, that was huge. So it was Mm -hmm. getting out of the old doctrine that I was believing about who God was Mm -hmm. and that everything happening in my life, good or bad, was God. 
and I had to differentiate of this is evil. This is because of sin, but God is good and he's going to help me and walk me through it. I'm going to believe his word about healing or, Mm -hmm. you know, what he says about, you know, the enemy and he's under my feet and just all of those scriptures. So I'm not saying that God doesn't work things out for good Mm because he does, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't make these bad things or cause these bad things to happen just so that we can be closer to him or, Mm -hmm. you know, have this lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, when I first read that, I felt this like, like this instant, like feeling of freedom almost of like, okay, like it's not this, con- I'm not in a constant classroom here. Like I'm not constantly like moving up to the, you know, like that. It was like, can I pass this next? Um, you know, am I going to trust him? Am I gonna, you know, like it was just this like, and, and like I said, it was creating this distance from God. And I feel like the enemy is so good at like making us believe these lies and wrong perceptions of God. So we won't go to him for healing. We create this yeah. distance and we just like live in this unhealthy cycle. And like, once I kind of realized that and like your book was a part of me helping me like understand that I was like, Oh, like I was just so like, I felt freedom. And then I was also just like, Oh my gosh. Like I was like, you know, believing all these lies. And like, I was like, I'm not like, you know, Christ came to give us life and give it, give us the fullest life. Right. And it's like, I wasn't, I haven't been living that. And so it's like kind of a wake up call in a way too. Like, I I think your book just emanates like grace and God's love, not in a condemning way, but just kind of like, Oh my gosh, like, what am I like? Why am I believing these things and all that stuff? So I think like that principle that you have in this book and how it relates to our relationship with God and emotions was so like impactful for, especially for young adults. Like we are, you know, if you grew up in the church, like, you know, all these scriptures, if you did, you know, memorize all this stuff. And it's just like really nice to like, continue to make your faith your own and understand who God is on a deeper level. Um, then maybe even like your parent, like my parents maybe haven't like stepped into and have just kind of, um, yeah, that's a whole other podcast we'll talk about another time. Um, so the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about to a point in your book that I really like is how do we develop um, an awareness of our emotions and put them in a healthy space. I think it was like chapter eight, you kind of break down really nicely. Um, how do we create space for healing in our emotions and trauma and all of this? To start small, because when we talk about healing, we think we have to get away at a retreat or, you know, therapy five times a week or, you know, spend these um, huge amounts of time, you know, in in the launch team, you know, the launch group, a woman asked, like, how do I live this out practically? I mean, mm-hmm. I can't spend all these hours. How do I know I'm healing? How do I do this? And my answer was this, is that, you know, healing is the intentional moments when we're choosing love over anger or forgiveness mm-hmm. over resentment or, you know, not choosing to give that person maybe what they deserved and you're giving them mercy. I think we look at healing as this kind of also this goal to get to that I'm healed. You know, this is not going to bother me. Yeah. Now, do we get to places where it is so small that it doesn't bother us as much? And we're like, okay, this is coming for me again. I just need to get back in, you know, get back in mentally. But this idea that every time you spend time with the Lord, you're renewing your mind. And the most important thing is when we're reading the word is not just to check it off, is not just to read the Bible, it's actually to apply it. You know, how am I 
choosing to allow the Lord to revenge me instead of revenging myself? Mm. How am I learning to be kind to myself? How am I learning to be patient with other people? How am I not being envious of others, right? If we're thinking about love is kind, love is patient. How am I living those things out? And I think for me, that was huge when it comes to healing of just baby steps and recognizing the space, meaning, am I picking up my phone at a red light? Mm. Am I picking up my phone? Maybe you're in a carpool line or you're picking up your kids. Do you pick up your phone in a doctor's office or a dentist or wherever you're waiting? Think about the moments in your day that you fill with your phone. Those are the moments that you can spend maybe just reading a book or spending time with the Lord or praying or sitting in silence and just allowing yourself to breathe. Because we are creatures that like to fill every moment of our day with something, whether it's a podcast, whether it's music, whether it's picking up our phones. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, okay, there's actually time in my day that I can begin to yeah. meditate on the word or think about what I'm thinking about and creating that space. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think when I, um, I have Instagram for the podcast, but I try not to be like, I don't have like my personal Instagram or Facebook. So like, I try not to be on social media too much, but I think once I kind of let go of social media, I like, yeah, like you said, I realized like I was kind of like less, I felt this less sense of urgency to be like continually checking or doing something. And one thing that, um, I'm going through with my mentor right now is like you said, sitting in silence and I don't think that's something we like to do often because then we're kind of faced with ourselves and, you know, all these things. And it's so it's so much easier to keep up with, especially if you're, like, living in a big city. Like, I live living in Chicago, and, like, that go-go lifestyle is addicting. And um, it almost feels like this false sense of, like, this is more manageable than actually, like, I don't have time to, like, sit with myself and, like, sit with the Lord and, like, all, all these things. And I think like God has just been telling me to slow down. If there's one theme going into 2022 is like slow down. And that's when like we're cultivating our relationship with the Lord. That's when healing happens. That's when like honesty and like being honest with the Lord in my time with him is something I'm learning too. It's like how foolish of me to think I can hide my heart from him of like, oh, like just like keeping the general prayer, but like specifically being like, I feel like this about this situation and it sucks. And it's like, and he can handle that. Like he can handle honesty and he can redeem it with the truth of who he is and his word. Um, and one thing I liked that you talked about, the five emotional responses that prevent us from healing. Because I know there's spiritual warfare going on here. Like the enemy is like putting things in our lives. Like we're talking about distractions with our phones. Um, but yeah, you talk about like people pleasing and boundaries and all these things. And I was like, yes, like these are things we need to be thinking about as young adults. Like these are the things that are shaping um, our souls, which sounds kind of intense, but it is. Um, so yeah, do you kind of want to talk a little bit about these emotional responses and like why are they preventing us from from healing? I open. I talk in that chapter because we always want balance, right? We're always talking about this balance and this idea. If I can just get all of my, you know, pie graphs equal, you know, if I can get my family and my relationship with God and work all the same, I feel like I, I got my life together, right? Mm -hmm. And I started to think about why we do 
of why do we even need this work balance or why are we overextending ourselves? And that really is why these these five areas came up, you know, guilt and obligation, misplaced identity, uh, no having no boundaries. These things actually cause us to strive for balance. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was this idea. Wow. Like so when I'm talking with women, because I do one on one consulting and I do group Mm -hmm. coaching. But when I get into that one-on-one, you know, they're, they'll be talking about work and all these things. But when I get to the root of it, it's typically that they're saying yes to so many things. They're trying to do things that they're not even called to do, but they're trying to keep up with, you know, everybody else. Or they're yes people. They're saying yes. They have no boundaries at all. Um, or they're putting their identity in their body, what mm. they look like, their feelings. I mean... These are things that we don't often talk about because we're just looking at, and I say pie graph because that's what people use to like, we're going to look at this year and you're going to draw a pie graph and, you know, which one has, which one are you happy with, you know, rate that. And so we do that, but we don't actually deal with the underlying. So I like to peel back the layers and go, that's great that we can do that and go, you know what, I want to work on my relationships Mm -hmm. this year. That's great. Mm -hmm. But what it actually caused us to be distant from our relationships in the first place. And that's really where those kind of emotional responses or things that we kind of neglect come into place. Yeah. Like understanding the why is so important. I'm understanding like what, in what you're saying. Um, One point that you just talked about, and I I have a question about that is like, how do we like experience our emotions or our feelings without like letting them define our worth. I know you talk a little bit about that too. Cause like one quote I really like is you say your feelings do not change God's emotions towards you. So again, like right perception of God, his feelings for you are steadfast. Our emotions are all over the place. Um, and there's this tendency to let those say, I am depressed. So that is who I am right now. Or yeah. like, And then I feel like I go through this like almost identity crisis because my feeling is this one day and then my feeling is this the other because I'm putting my worth in that my identity keeps changing or like my belief in my like what my identity is. So how do we experience our feelings, be honest, but then also not let them define us? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. And I think it's one that you constantly have to work through because there's a lot of beliefs, I think, that carry into that. Mm-hmm. Even like what we were talking about earlier, who do you believe God is? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've met people where they believe that God gave them anxiety because then they were going to help people with anxiety. And mm-hmm. that's against scripture. He tells us to not be anxious or to not worry many times throughout the scripture. And he's our refuge and shelter and uh how can that be, how can it be that God gave you anxiety to help other people be not anxious, you know? So I think that we have to know, first of all, is this a lie from the enemy about Mm -hmm. God, about our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's this idea that we have to allow space to process. Mm -hmm. And just even if it's in a few moments of that, we get to feel what we feel and know what we know, but they don't get to control us. Mm. And the problem is, is that when we start to have feelings and emotions, like you said, I feel depressed. So then Mm. I'm this depressed person. That's who I have to be is knowing that who you are in Christ and does this align with what scripture says. Mm. 
that's kind of a simple way to look at it. Does mm-hmm. scripture say that I'm supposed to be a depressed person, like as a part of my identity? I'm not saying that you're not experiencing that because your experience can be true, mm-hmm. but your identity can be false, mm-hmm. meaning what you're putting in. And we like to label and become identified by our, our diseases or what we're going mm-hmm. through or our past. You know, we kind of live as a victim versus knowing that you experience being a victim. Mm. I think living as a victim and being a victim is two different Ooh. things, you know. And so it's this idea of this constant processing and healing. Mm-hmm. But knowing, well, is what I'm identifying with actually in Scripture? Because if it's not, then you know that you're just you're lumping this into what you're experiencing, your identity. I don't want to say lumping, but yeah. you're taking what you're feeling into your identity. Yeah. And the idea is that you have to recognize your feelings are real. You're going to have feelings. You're going to have experiences in this life. But it always goes back to the true nature and character of God. Is that, like you said, of what we both have said is like God can handle your honesty. He can handle your feelings. But that if I didn't. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point and definitely something that I want to think about in my own life. I can definitely, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I don't know if you take those personality tests, but I'm a wing too. So sometimes that, yeah, I feel like my emotions get the best of me and it's really hard. But I think what, another freeing thing that you sort of talk about is like, because I'm a three, it's like, all right, what do I need to do? All right, I need to read the scripture to make myself believe that or whatever. And it's like, you were saying how like, it's your relationship with Jesus and your union with the Lord and asking the spirit to help you really like believe this and like live into this. It's not like you're, you're like white knuckling your way to like believing this, but yes, like reading the scriptures is good. Praying is good, but like understanding that like in our weakness, he is strong and like, he will give us the strength to like believe that we just have to let him, like we have to believe and we have to let him, um, do that because yeah I have this tendency to like all right I'll just I'll do it even if the stuff that I'm doing isn't bad right but it's this this unhealthy mentality to like um try to create healing myself and in my own power um which is like really hard um okay there's so many more things I want to talk about but we could probably make this a two-hour podcast but I know uh, we can't do that today but there's just a few kind of uh, quotes that I want to pull from your book um, one or two sentence quotes, we'll probably do a couple of them. And if you just kind of want to explain a little bit more about what this means and, and then we can sort of wrap up. Um, so one of the things you talk about is time. So this quote that says time can soften the intensity and frequency, like talking about pain, but time doesn't, uh, make what we feel go away. So what do you mean by that, Jessica? I love that quote. I, I don't know when it started, but we, we like to say that time heals, Mm-hmm. And it really frustrates me because we think that, well, if I just give it enough time, then everything will go away. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, if as soon as this bad thing happens or this situation happens, well, it's just going to go, it's just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, that's why I said time can soften the intensity, meaning now time has gone on and it's not at the forefront of your mind anymore. So you're not thinking about it. You're not like, okay, yeah, this happened to me. I'm so angry. But if you get triggered or somebody says something or that person walks into a room, you're taken right back to as if that situation happened. And that Mm -hmm. tells you, you never really dealt with it. 
you just kind of ignored it and hoped it go away. And so time does not take pain away. It does not process it for you. Mm. I like to say that you can bury your feelings, but you're going to bury them alive. Yeah. And that means that they never go away. Yeah, that's so true. Like, it can feel less intense because it's two years from now. But like you said, those things that bring it back just show that it's like it's almost like a passive approach versus, like, active. Like, oh, this time will heal it, this magical <laughs> idea of time. Um, which, yeah, maybe, like, if the trigger doesn't come up for a while, you're living under this false idea that it is. But um, it's like, what are you doing in that time? What's, like, the active approach? So I really like yeah. that point, too. Um, another um, thing you talk about which can relate to healing, too, is forgiveness, whether it's forgiving yourself, forgiving other people in your life who've hurt you. And you say that we can't hate our way to forgiveness. What do you mean by that? I think forgiveness starts with a sense of humility of you don't have all the answers. You don't always get it right. Mm -hmm. And knowing what the Lord says about forgiveness, that was huge for me because you couldn't tell me to forgive somebody. I had, I mean, I was angry. And to think about forgiveness, we think that it takes away your pain. We think forgiveness rights wrongs. We think forgiveness means reconciliation. We think forgiveness lets people off the hook. And Forgiveness is just a release, a release from yourself from jail. And I love this analogy that somebody said. It's, can you imagine being in jail and safe just for the forgiveness that you're harboring and holding on and knowing Christ has given you the ability to forgive because mm -hmm. he has forgiven you, right? Like mm -hmm. he took away your sins and then getting on the outside of the jail, but still saying, but still staring at the jail, even though you're free. And I think that is such a powerful analogy because you're still on the jail lot and staring at the jail, but you're free yeah. as if you're not. And so I think when it comes to forgiveness, we try to just say, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. And mm -hmm. it's lip service. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness takes heart. It takes humility. It takes, Lord, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. I know that you're the one that takes care of me, the one that revenges me, the one that, you know, on it doesn't dismiss anything that they've done but if I could sum up a lot of the book and a lot of people don't like this this me saying this but it takes our responsibility we yeah. can't keep blaming other people for our pain in a sense yeah. of you know we can say that this person hurt me and that is very mm -hmm. true but mm -hmm. the moment we stop blaming and take responsibility for actually what's happening inside of us then healing can really begin. Yeah, that's such a humbling thing to do too. It's like asking the Lord for that humility to be able to even do that. Um, like I said, there's so many more quotes we could get into, but kind of my last question here is um, from this conversation and, and, from, and from your heart behind this book, what is like the big takeaway that you want people um, after listening to this conversation, after reading your book, what, what do you hope if they take away one thing, what is the big takeaway? I would say that God wants you well. Mm -hmm. You know, many of us believe that God just wants us sick, that God doesn't want us well, that there's no way that we can manage our feelings or experience feelings or, you know, feel experience our feelings at the same time as being grounded and rooted in truth. And those are just lies. 
you know, scripture is clear about, again, feelings, you know, anger does not produce the righteousness of God, but do not let anger go down on your feelings. And so, mm-hmm. or the sun go down on your anger. It's this idea that he never says to not feel because he made us emotional beings, right? right. A right. part of us is emotional and he made emotions for good, mm-hmm. but then the fall happened. <laughs> and then we got this whole other side of emotions <laughs> that are not good. And I think that the more we can just honor, okay, I'm feeling really angry right now and mm-hmm. I need to take a moment to breathe mm-hmm. and just, why am I so angry? Why am I ready to freak out, yeah. <laughs> you know, and react? But really just this idea of honoring and being able to know that, hey, you know, God, God's rooting, like he wants you well. Right. He wants yeah. you to not just live in your pain. He's a pain taker, not a pain manager. And that's what I like to say. Oh. Oh, that's a great note to end this conversation. He is a pain man. What'd you say? Pain manager, not pain taker. He's a pain pain taker, not a pain manager. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that's a perfect way to end this conversation. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being on Soul Things. I think this conversation was super enriching in my own life, and I hope for all my listeners as well. And again, I just think your book emanates God's grace and affections for us. So I will put a link in the description for her book, for her website, her podcast, and her speaking engagements, all the amazing uh, things that she does. Again, the book is called Face Off With Your Feelings, Break Up With the Lies of Your Past, and Embrace the Truth of Your Future. I highly recommend getting this book if you want to grow and be healthy emotionally and spiritually and all that fun stuff. So thank you for joining me on navigating this journey through your 20s. And remember, even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week.